Bishop uh, Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane in Eastern Washington. Join me on the radio program. The Bishop and the Vicars is our Vicar General and Rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral, Father Darren Connell, uh, Father Pat Kirst, Vicar for Priests, and the pastor of St. Thomas More and St. Patrick Parish here in Spokane, and Father Brian Mee, the Vicar for Finance and the pastor of St. Augustine. Our topic for our show today is hope, and um, we'll just begin with uh, the various vicars uh, speaking as to what definition of hope they've learned, what has been a part of their life. Uh, Father Kirst. When I think of hope, I think I hang my head on that whole sense of looking beyond what is, and that's not just, uh, as we'll probably reflect upon, well-wishing for things to get a little better in this life, but looking uh, not only to that, but beyond this, uh, to that eternal life that's really grounded in the heart of our faith, which is the death and resurrection of Christ. And so with that, recognizing that whatever happens in, in this life, uh, we always see through the end of that, the passage to, to new life and ultimately resurrected life. And Good. Father Connell. Well, the <clears throat> when I think about hope, I, I think we have to start with um, the fact that um, hope is a theological virtue, one of the three, one of the three theological virtues, uh, faith, hope, and love. And as such, um, the source of, of hope and the object of hope is the same. They're both God. God implants that uh, virtue in our hearts and we spend our lives uh, uh, having it unfold for us until we reach our ultimate hope, which is eternal life with him. But the greatest of these is love. So why is love greater than hope? I don't know. That's, that's another radio show. Okay. Hmm. Okay. We'll do that when we have the October w- uh, rating sweep. Uh, follow me. Uh, you know, I, I know I've uh, often told stories about the brilliant students at All Saints, but as you know, I'm no longer there. So I'd like to tell a story about when I was in school at Sacred Heart Grade School, which is no longer there. And, closed. Uh, closed connect, years connect ago, soon after I graduated. Connect with with honors. Um, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a third grade teacher and her sister, uh, Marita Joseph. Wait a second. Was she a blood sister, Sister Marcellinus? Marcelita. Sister Marcelita. They were spiritual Twins. sisters. Mm. Yes. And what community of sisters? Holy Name Sisters. Of and Jesus and Mary. At the end of the day, oftentimes the Holy Name Sisters, if the students had been good, and our class always was good, they'd spend the last 15, 20 minutes reading some short story or novel that uh, they knew the students would appreciate. And the one that Sister Marita Joseph enjoyed reading to us most, B and Dante's in there, as far as I know. Oh, I know. Poor Sister Marcelina. In her lilting voice, she'd read to us, Lasciate ogni speranza voi ci entrate, which uh, in a modern paraphrase translation that Father Connell would probably like means you're in deep doo-doo here. Mm-hmm. But the uh, more okay, literal translation... <laughs> <laughs> more literal cl- translation of that is abandon all hope you who enter here. Mm-hmm. And in Dante's Inferno, what you have, first of all, the people or those souls in the Inferno, they're constantly moving around. They're uh, unstable. They, they are not mm. grounded. Uh, and then for them, there is a past and there's a future, but there's no present. There's no here. There's no now. And thirdly, they never admit to their own faults, but they always blame someone else. 
That sounds, sounds like very familiar around the table with uh, with at least one of the vicars. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, the name of Christ is never mentioned in the Inferno. Now I make the point. So that's more a definition of desperation or despair. Uh, so hope is really living very much in the now, in the present, being stable in that pr- the present moment, always with uh, Christ on our lips, recognizing our own faults, but having hope in that which is to come, that joy of the joy that is to come. Well, you, <clears throat> thank you, met, you, Sister Marita Joseph. Thank you, Marcelita, as well. And Sister, Sister Marcelita, who Joseph. will be heard from later. Right. Um, that inscription over hell in Dante's Inferno, ye who enter here abandon all hope, as uh, always uh, found it interesting to contrast that uh, inscription with uh, an inscription that was traditionally carved in the architecture of churches on the front door or over the, the front door. And as a matter of fact, um, this inscription is over the door, the entrance to St. Aloysius Church here in Spokane. At ours, it says restroom straight ahead. Yeah, that's not the one I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, over 10 billion served is not over. The, not that the, one either. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's um, Domus Dei at Porticelli, the house of God and the gate to heaven. So in contrast, you have absolutely no possibility of hope in, uh, in hell. And yet it is through the gates of the church through a life of, of the sacraments that Christ gives us, that we are led to happiness, a happiness here and now, in which our, our burdens and struggles uh, are healed, uh, primarily through the grace of the sacraments, but, but ultimately a, a healing uh, that we find, uh, again, ultimately in eternal life. Over the doors of St. Augustine's, they're somewhat different than what um, Father Connell mentions, but endorses what he says as well, his, uh, the inscription Memento me adaltare Dei, and that comes from uh, St. Augustine's Confessions, and he's telling the story of when his mother was about to die. Those are the words she said to him, and they translate as, is, remember me at the altar of God. And so entering the church, recognizing, you know, that uh, that is where our hope is, and that is where uh, we are to bring our hope to the altar of God, to Christ. I think that's an important uh, message for, for, for people who uh, perhaps maybe have, have fallen away from an active practice of, of the Catholic faith, that um, it is that uh, vigorous participation in the life of the church, the sacramental life of the church, where we bring all of our discouragements, our feelings of abandonment, whatever it may be, and to, be, uh, to have our hearts uh, buoyed by the, the hope we receive by our participation in the life of the church, the, the, the gate to heaven. One of the definitions of, of hope that I have found uh, people easily relate to and can apply to their life is reality grounded in faith. And did that, you make that up? Is that yours? Uh, or that you? is mine. But uh, I mean, much, it's pretty good. I'm yeah. I occasionally for just yeah. a high school teacher, right. um, <laughs> but who um, traveled uh, it's traveled domestically and studied domestically. No, it's travel business class. Uh, that's a business one, <laughs> Delta. Um, in any case, uh, reality grounded in faith, and I think that is. Because people, and I see that as an important definition, because oftentimes, and I know Father Me will have an insight into this, people confuse hope with optimism. Optimism is wishful thinking. Um, just as you changed the name of Sister Marcellinus to Sister... Marilita. Marilita, of the, of the Sacred Heart <laughs> of Jesus. Um, Poor Sister Marita Joseph. There was Sister Forgive Martha, them, the five wounds of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. They say. Yes, well... Um, a student who'd been asked to leave uh, Marin Catholic uh, was uh, because of a discipline matter. 
later came back uh, and uh, asked me to write a letter of recommendation for one of the more prestigious Catholic universities. And I um, asked for a donation. No, no, no donation. <laughs> that, that, that we're a diocesan school, a little bit oh, different. Okay. And um, I said, well, we, we, we kicked you out. Well, we don't kick you out. We asked him to leave. He said, let's, I don't, let's not look at it being an expulsion. It's an involuntary transfer. <laughs> and I think that man had a sense of optimism, uh, not hope. But reality grounded in faith. Uh, Cardinal Dolan from um, New York in a few years uh, ahead of uh, Father Me in, in the North American said, hope is the gift that keeps us going when we think that Jesus is asleep, in reference to um, uh, the boat. And... Um, for, for the people of God that we are called to serve in our parishes and the diocese who are struggling with burdens in life. We have just come from, uh, as we're taping this show, at, uh, the Houston area has been devastated by Hurricane Harvey. And um, a man was interviewed uh, today who's opened up his store, Max's Mattress, I believe. And um, he said that, you know, it's the Labor Day weekend. He has a potential loss of 40000 but he's opened his store. He's feeding people. They could rest their sleep there. And why did he do it? He goes, the one thing I can't take away from these people is hope. When we uh, get back uh, at the break and uh, we turn, we're going to have a little bit more about the people that we have come across and people who desire hope and how is hope best lived and expressed uh, in the Catholic uh, Christian circles and, and beyond. talking about hope in the lives of not just Catholic Christians, but hope in our society. And Father Connell, at the break, you were about to say something. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, the uh, Max's mattress and... And, uh, and croissants. Uh, no, mm-hmm. not, not now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a hurricane going on. There's no yes, exactly. So he opens up his business and, and ends up you know, taking a, a loss with his business. Uh, and it was reported widely in the secular press. If you look at the Catholic press, it's pointed out... Uh, that the man is a Catholic. The Max happens to be a Catholic, and I don't know. I just was when I heard that it was a source of some pride for me that this man is using what he has to help bring hope to other people's lives. So I was uh, segueing on that reflection on some of the response around the Houston disaster. I was at the gym this morning, uh, working on my chiseled physique. Would that be optimism or hope, Father? Me. <laughs> Knowing, knowing the limitations Father Christ has. I think uh, it's best certainly, just to say, it's stay been, quiet at this point. It's certainly oh, not reality it's grounded in, in faith. No, yeah, no, but it's true, okay. You know. To it, be fair, the chisel's kind of dull. But at, at any rate, that's right. Yeah, I was on a machine and uh, all the TVs. Life support. <laughs> <laughs> all the TVs are on, and the, but the sound's off, and <laughs> there's loud music playing. <laughs> Okay. Where was I going with this? So I anyway, the, I'm sure it's really interesting. Yes, uh, closed captioning was not working on the mm-hmm. particular TV I was in front of, and but uh, there was a caption at the bottom of the screen, and, and clearly a, a couple was being interviewed who were gospel singers, and they had gone to Houston to one of the emergency shelters to perform, to sing gospel music for the people in the shelter. And in the course of their interview, I couldn't hear what they were saying. There were no closed captions to read, and I don't read lips, but... I didn't need to because I could see on their faces with the wide smiles on their faces that the, the captions said bringing hope to the victims, but it was a hope that was clearly joyful. And I think that's an important adjective to add on to our understanding of hope and our living out of hope. And, and 
the, the Pope in recent weeks has been in his audiences doing a series on hope, and he has reflected upon how important it is to have joy as a part of our living out of hope. And I, referring back to his one of his initial comments when he first was made Pope of not being a church of sourpusses, I think that continues to be a theme that's woven through here that we truly have to live with joy, and that doesn't mean just have a smile on your face and have a naive optimism. But it's that joy that flows from a belief in the presence of God and that with God all things work for good. And that that's... Uh, the, yes, the, 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 the oh. great theologian, no, actually he was more of a philosopher, I guess, Philo. Second grader Alexandria. Oh. <clears throat> no, third century. <laughs> you guys had a paper route together. First century. First yeah. century. Uh, just piggybacking on what Father Kirst has to say about joy being part of hope, is his definition of hope was... Joy that is before the joy, uh, and how important that is. And for us as Christians, I mean, I, we can't talk about hope without it having that eschatological dimension Ooh, to big it. Word. Here big we word. Could you define that for us? Six syllables. Six syllables. Yeah, that's beyond polysyllabic, isn't it? It'd beyond be, um, whatever. Multisyllabic. But the eschatological is is that which uh, you know is the hereafter, is heaven. You know, in other words, our hope, uh, we live now in that joy and hope of what is to be. And I think it's in the Pauline theology that you get that idea of uh, we already, already share in that, but not yet, meaning that we have a foretaste, we have a taste of that joy that is to Did come. He, didn't he write that those who don't look forward to a resurrection from the dead beyond this life are the most pitiable of people? I think that was in uh, yes. the letter of the Corinthians. Well, in, in, when Father Me entered uh, Sacred Art grade school, your sister told me that your first grade essay was on the beatific vision. Well, she claims she wrote what that was her essay name? for me. Yeah, was your My, sister Kathleen? Peggy. 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 Yeah. Margaret Mary. Margaret yeah. Mary Me. Which, okay. <laughs> oh, she won't like I said that on the radio. She, Margaret, marry me. She got a lot. Actually, of your sister's about here. That. Come on in. Uh, no, it's so she's uh, known as Peggy. Okay. Well, in the beatific vision, the sense of hope and and joy. I mean, the Pope has spoken a lot about the sourpuss expression and um, joy. It, in very real way, is a choice. You know, people deal with multiple circumstances in life that could be very, very difficult. I'm thinking of someone that I went to grammar school with, um, uh, and the uh, family has had a series of tragedies because of death and illness, um, but never lost a sense of hope and didn't deny the uh, dramatic uh, problems that they experienced, but, but grounded it in God's love. And I think so often, how do people acquire hope? For people increasingly in a secular society, what have you found in your vast pastoral experiences as parish uh, priests, um, as uh, men, hopefully, of faith? That um, hopefully, well, <laughs> yeah, just kind of using it. Naive optimism. Yes, um, I, I, I guess I would just respond from a, a more of a, I guess, a personal um, standpoint, and that is, and the phrase that comes to mind is, I don't know who said it. Past is prologue. Who said that? You did. I, I guess yeah, I that did. was Stu Cookman. I don't think anyone else would say that. No. Stu Cookman. <laughs> oh, Colonel Stu Cookman. What I mean by that is that, um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the sources of my hope or, or or inflaming of my hope is to look at the way that that the Lord has loved me and and been in my life in the past, and that uh, how He's how my trust in Him has been rewarded with uh, many good things, many blessings uh, in the midst of all the crosses, 
And I just trust that uh, as I look at my own past and how God has been present in my life, that I, I look to the future, then it allows me to have great hope in the future, again, in this life and in the life that is to come. I think... Um, Did you like that? that? I liked that very much, yes. <laughs> Were you yeah, listening? You get a golden star from Sister Marcelita. <laughs> 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 the... Um, the symbol of hope, of course, is the anchor, and if we, I guess probably comes from uh, Hebrews, Hebrews, that when uh, it's written, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. But as um, Father Connell brings out, uh, anchor, our word anchor, comes from the Greek ankura, which also, of course, is a play on the word incurio, which is in the Lord. So our anchor is really the Lord. And our hope, that's where our hope is anchored. So that's again, goes back to that stability. We can't be flighty. We can't be all over the place. We center ourselves here and now, and uh, we center ourselves on Christ, who is our hope. On Senior Cod, uh, I was speaking to him yesterday. We were at a dinner, and he had been in the Camino in Spain, and he said he helped, I believe, in a parish. And um, he goes, it was a very uh, powerful experience in that there was a young man, and they had an opportunity to talk uh, in the evening. I think they had Mass in the evening. And he said there was a man who identified himself as an atheist all his life, and yet at some point in the, the field, um, uh, there was just these flowers growing. And he said in the midst of nothingness, these flowers, and there was a sense of, I believe, hope, and that there was a, a prayer that he uttered um, for the first time about if there is a God, and, and it was what Monsignor Codd was saying, that uh, here this man was experienced perhaps a conversion, uh, an experience of hope, uh, but that these, these flowers, that there was a breaking through uh, of God's love and uh, in a man who had been an atheist all his life. And for people without faith, uh, how do they experience hope. Is there time? Oh, there is time. Um, how did they, ex- I think one of the things is, of course, the, the Greeks understood hope as something that's irrational. It's, it's kind of just as hoping in something that isn't in the future. Um, I think if you don't have a faith in Christ, well, you can't have Christian hope. I mean, it's there, you can be optimistic, um, but again, the Greeks, or rather Seneca, who was Latin but Greek educated, said, and a Stoic would say that, you know, the wise man uh, does not live by hope nor by fear. He just lives his life. So I, I don't think one can live by hope if they're not well, a believer or, in Christ. And, and perhaps and, it could be, but not an explicit Christian hope, but maybe yeah. God working in their lives without them even knowing that. And I think we've, we've made reference in this show to words in Greek and in Latin and Italian. Uh, Bishop mentioned Monsignor Cod being in Spain where they speak Spanish, and there's an expression in Spanish, donde no hay, perdón, no hay esperanza. Esperanza is the word for hope in Spanish, and that would be translated where there is no forgiveness, there is no hope. So I think people without mm. faith, if they truly experience pure forgiveness, perhaps I'm from a Christian, that that might even plant a seed of hope in their lives that we can move on. We had this hurt in our lives, but there was an experience of forgiveness, and it was real and genuine and true. I've got something to look forward to, and maybe that kind of plants that seed. Well, maybe when we get back from the break, uh, we can uh, address that in the sacrament of reconciliation, which I have found 
as a priest and a bishop to be powerful in my own life and certainly to be a confessor to many of the, the people. I think the letter, St. Peter's letter, uh, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. Maybe you might offer an exegesis on that, Father, me, uh, whether true or made up um, or, when we get back from our break. Or Thank or you. Jesus. Welcome back. We are on the Bishop and the Vicar's radio show, and we're talking about hope. Um, maybe to begin this, our final segment, is there a favorite passage from Scripture that each of the vicars may have would like to offer to our listening audience. Uh, Father Kirst. Well, one prominent one from a letter of St. Paul, of uh, his extant letters in the corpus of his letters, one that was not an occasional letter, but written to the Romans. He wrote, let your hope keep you joyful, be patient in your troubles, and pray at all times. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Father Connell. Well, I, I want to get a little background to mind, if I might. Sure. I, I don't want to be too long-winded, but... That won't no, stop you. Yeah. <laughs> bishop, you told us, uh, ordered us uh, to implement your three goals when you became bishop, uh, to support Catholic education, formation of our young people, um, to promote vocations to priesthood and consecrated life, and then the third goal was the salvation of souls. And You're getting long-winded. Okay. No, it's my... You, bishop, you like this? Yes. Yeah, I didn't get so. that memo. Yeah. I kind of thought so. No. So um, mine comes under that, that third goal of, of the salvation of souls, that, that as we go through life, uh, sometimes our, our spiritual lives, at least mine anyway, uh, there are times when, when it is a veil of tears and uh, it involves a certain uh, fighting or battle. And I, I like that, you know, I like uh, games that involve battles like Axis and Allies and Battleship and all those kinds of things. So my and, and Twister. No, and I can't do Twister. <laughs> right. I threw my back out. Yes. Um, I, uh, so my, my favorite passage has that, that kind of militaristic image, and it comes from St. Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians, um, where he talks about the weapons that, that we are to use in our struggle for a salvation. Uh, and he says, let us put on the breastplate of faith and charity, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. That as we go through life, and again through the valley of tears, and stumble and fall, and that we always keep that hope of, uh, of salvation as a helmet, which uh, offers us protection and guidance and um, happiness here and again, hopefully happiness in the life that is to come. That wasn't long-winded. That was very insightful. Thank you. Thank Father you. Me. A little long-winded. No. No. Okay. You're just jealous. Well, you, the, you know, all of Scripture is hopeful. Um, okay, that's a cop-out. St. Saint, Saint, Saint Augustine <laughs> referred to the humble gate of Scripture. So in other words, Scripture is slow enough that all of us can find something in it. So I'm going to go another direction. Not surprising. Um, Sister Marcelita, <laughs> my sixth grade teacher, oh, when she read her. to us, she loved Shakespeare. And uh, Henry VIII was one of her favorites, Act Three, Scene Two, Wolsey Dying. Oh, Cardinal I know someone, Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> we have a fact Thomas. checker here. I, I, we need a fact checker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, his, his last words are they come to tell him that, well, he's lost his position at court. You know, he's, the king doesn't want to see him, he can die on his own. And Woolsey responds to them as they kind of laugh and say farewell to, to, to do that because uh, they're looking towards something better. They want to uh, live out a, a hopeful spirit with, with true caring and, and loving and kindness for people. 
I think um, going back to something Father Kurt said earlier, uh, no matter what our situation is at the moment, no matter how critical or the crisis or catastrophe we find ourselves in, if we really are grounded in the Lord, then then we have a joy, a deep joy, not you know a superficial, bubbly joy perhaps, but a deep grounded joy that no matter the, the situation, uh, we are to share in that eternal joy of heaven. Father Connell, in an earlier episode, had mentioned a quote from St. John Vianney, the patron saint of diocesan priest, and I think it really is a great way to express a hope that comes in our, our faith, is when tempted to lose hope, I have only one resource, to throw myself at the foot of the tabernacle like a little dog at the foot of his master. Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we'll conclude with this act of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, relying on your infinite goodness and promises, I hope to obtain pardon of my sins, the help of your grace, and life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for listening. Bishop and the Vickers.